Hi, this is Shelley Weir, President and CEO of FICPA, and welcome to our next episode of CEO Conversations. Today, we're gonna to dive into a really interesting topic and one that is somewhat new to our profession and for many of our members to understand, and that is ESG. I'd like to introduce our special guest today, Dave Claussen. Dave, thank you so much for joining us here today and being a part of this video. Shelly, it's an absolute pleasure. I'm, I'm thrilled to have the opportunity to talk to you about this today. Fantastic. Well, just a little bit about Dave, and forgive me while I read from uh, this very impressive bio here. Um, Dave is a director and ESG national practice member. He has more than 25 years of experience as an environmental safety and sustainability program manager. His areas of expertise include leading environmental, social and governance, or ESG, program development and energy efficiency initiatives, minimizing company environmental and safety risk and leveraging information technology to improve ESG performance. That's a mouthful, but a very impressive mouthful. So <laughs> we're so glad to have you here, Dave. Thanks again. Thank you. Can you share just a little bit of information about yourself, where you work, what you do at the firm, a little bit about what's happening at the firm right now, and then maybe touch on what made you specialize in ESG? Certainly. So the company I work for, my firm is named Forbis, and we recently just went through a company transformation, uh, the merger of two equal companies, BKD and DHG. Mm -hmm. uh, so we're very excited about that. The merger was effective as of June 1st of this year. And my concentration within the firm is in environmental, social, and governance uh, within our advisory practice. What made me specialize in the field is it's a very forward-looking Mm -hmm. uh, I Historically, I came out of environmental protection and, and environmental compliance, which tends to be a fairly reactive field. You know, you're reacting to things after they happen. And the opportunity with sustainability and ESG is that you have the ability to build in practices and procedures and, and safeguards to safeguard against things before they happen. So it's that forward-looking aspect that I really like. I'm so glad that you said forward-looking because I think a lot of our members are probably trying to digest and understand why ESG has been in the news so much. Not so much in the news broadly for the public, but really specifically for the accounting profession. So can you maybe shed a little bit of light, maybe give it to them in the, the layman's terms, as they say, why we should care about this and maybe what some of the opportunities are that exist for CPAs? Certainly. So ESG has had a big resurgence, or a big surgence, I should say, sure. over the last two years. It's getting a lot of attention, and it, even more so than the sustainability profession had in the years previous. And one of the main drivers of that is the demographic shift that's happening mm -hmm. and the wealth shift that's happening along with it. A lot of the baby boomers are dropping out of the workforce from retirement, and that wealth transfer is occurring to the, the millennial and the Gen X generations. And so that invest the amount of money that amount of investment that's happening is really causing a shift in the marketplace mm -hmm. uh, it's causing a shift in priorities and the gen x and millennial generations are very used to demanding transparency on performance from the organizations they do business with and so you know that change in philosophy and the money that's got the momentum and the shift behind it mm -hmm. is really kind of driving that interest in esg and, and esg is going to be affecting organizations of all stripes whether it be publicly traded companies mm -hmm. private companies not not for profits, et cetera. It the drivers are all going to be slightly different. You know, the regulatory drivers might be different, or the demographic drivers might be different. But it will affect all, all organizations. So it really behooves folks in the financial profession to really get ready for ESG and and the amount of financial rigor and the amount of reporting rigor that ESG is going to require. 
No doubt. And when I hear you talk about that rigor, what I also think of is trust. And as we know, the CPAs are the most trusted advisor um, that the public can have in, in, in their personal life, in their business life, what have you. And so I personally see such an opportunity for our profession to play a leading role in this, um, even if you only think of it from the trust perspective. There's a lot of unknown, right? And so people are going to look for CPAs to kind of help guide them through to how to navigate this new world and make sure it upstands that, that same standard and rigor that you spoke about. I think that's exactly true because the what CPAs are always used to, you know, what financial professionals are used to is rigor in the processes, you know, ensuring that the data that they're providing is correct. Mm -hmm. And in the in the reporting aspect, because if you're publicly reporting information, you have to make sure it's correct and right. reliable mm -hmm. and robust. And that same kind of rigor is going to be needed in the ESG space, especially because ESG is and the the regulations that are you know being promulgated right now that may be coming to affect mm -hmm. you know different companies, those are going to have that same kind of financial rigor is going to be required for organizational data and other areas of operations that companies may not be used to. So mm -hmm. that kind of you know, rigor, that kind of trust that's uh, that's in the financial professions you know, towards CPAs is really going to come in handy in the years to come. A great opportunity for us to maybe expand into a new business area if we haven't. Absolutely. already, especially as so many of our, our member firms in the public accounting space are looking for ways to diversify their portfolio. A great opportunity. Okay, so you are our ESG expert. Um, no pressure. We'll ask you some of the, the leading trend questions and what have you. So what are you hearing right now in the marketplace about ESG? Um, where do you think, um, if we haven't touched on it already, there's additional opportunities for the profession, but what are some of the the common threads that you're hearing at the moment. The biggest, the biggest word that we're hearing, like the biggest trend that we're hearing right now around ESG is confusion. Hmm. Because ESG is in, it's a, it's a very nascent stage right now. It's very, very beginning stages. It's much like when Sarbanes-Oxley was first enacted. Mm -hmm. Companies had no real idea how to, how to comply with it and what to do. Then there was a certain amount of scrambling. And I think we're seeing that right now in the marketplace. Because ESG, it is, it, it, it can be a very large field. It's a big concept. And so companies are, and organizations are starting to ask, well, how do we, how do we actually put our arms around this and how do we deal with it? Mm -hmm. And there's some, I think the good news is that organizations by their nature tend to be further along in their ESG journey than they think they are. Okay. Because ESG tends to be about, at its base, it's about risk reduction and it's about organizational efficiency. Mm -hmm. And organizations seek those things already. Mm -hmm. You know, you're looking for those efficiencies and that kind of risk management uh, already. So. I think the dirty secret behind ESG is that a lot of those things your your organization is already doing, you just may not know that they really have an ESG effect to them. Mm -hmm. And so that helps kind of give some confidence. And that also helps, you know, kind of narrow down the amount of the amount of issues that an organization has to deal with. Mm -hmm. So it's, you know, kind of getting down to the things that are uh, material and, in, and important and focusing on those. And I love what you said about confidence, keeping in mind that, that you are doing it, even if you don't realize it, right? And you're not starting from scratch. It's just being aware of how to take those proper steps to expand. 
That's exactly true. Like mm -hmm. I said, a lot of that data and a lot of those processes are already in place. I mean, that said, there are going to be some new some new concepts for, mm -hmm. for organizations. Like I mentioned earlier, that kind of rigor that's going to have to be mm -hmm. applied to organizational data, mm -hmm. you know, that in order to, companies may not be used to at this point. That may that's going to be a new skill set for them. And again, I think that's where CPAs and financial professionals can really uh, give a lot of you know give a lot of organizational confidence and provide some of that assistance to you know parts of their organizations that may not be used to it. So I think it's going they're going to be really really valuable regarding ESG in the time to come. So Dave, let's pivot over just for a moment. You touched and alluded to this a little bit, but let's talk about maybe some of the current and new regulations that can be impacting businesses. What are they? What's your biggest concern? And, and how do we help our members that are listening to this understand what they are? Sure. The, the Biden administration is really taking a whole of government approach right now. Mm -hmm. Almost every governmental agency has some sort of climate guidance that's, that's being issued. But the, I think the one single regulatory driver that we're seeing that has the most impact is going to be the Securities and Exchange Commission. They've promulgated a rule regarding climate disclosure mm -hmm. that's going to affect SEC registrants and is most heavily going to affect large accelerated filers. Uh, and the requirements, which this rule is still in draft form, it's still in comment, so we haven't seen the final rule yet, but we can see what the intention is. And the intention is to shine a light and really force transparency on, you know, on publicly traded companies on number one, their quantitative disclosures, things like their greenhouse gas emissions, and also their qualitative disclosures. A lot of companies will talk about they have plans to transition to a net zero or low carbon operation. Uh, they'll talk about they've, set ex, uh, they've assessed their risks, you know, their climate risks, but this new, new rule is going to require that those companies actually provide that granular and detailed information as part of their disclosure. So it's really going to help the public examine these plans and see if they really are going to hold water or not. So it's going to be increased detail and, and increased transparency for all publicly traded companies. Got it, got it. Well, I, when I hear the word regulation, what I hear is that that could be overwhelming for some of our members. So do you have any advice or maybe resources? Could they go to your firm, for example, if they need to kind of understand the, the layman's terms of what these new regulations Absolutely. I mean, we're, we're living this stuff every day. So, mm -hmm. you know, firms like mine will be more than happy to help provide guidance. I mean, that's one of the things that we do is, is help our clients, you know, take a, an overwhelming regulatory landscape and, you know, boil it down to what are the things that we have to do. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we're definitely in a good place to help out and then, you know, assist our clients in those matters. And I would say my advice for, for companies would be start getting your greenhouse gas emissions in order um, because the time the timelines that are being promulgated by the SEC are really really tight um, we're talking you know we're talking filing year uh, fiscal year 2023 type filings to wow. start out with for large companies so it's 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 coming very quickly so I think you're gonna have to get some of that rigor in place mm -hmm. very very quickly if these if the regulations stay in the form that they're, that they're in now in draft yeah interesting so it's gonna be um Fast moving, accelerated, but a lot of regulations. So start to dig in. And um, certainly you can be a resource for folks that need to help navigate a bit through it. That's Absolutely. good to know. Fantastic. Absolutely. So what are some of the biggest climate related risks that businesses face um, as, we're, as we're kind of coming out of the pandemic and people are getting their bearings a little bit again, knock on wood, right? <laughs> um, these new regulations have come out. What are some of these risks that we need to be mindful of in the climate space? So there's two main types. Uh, there's what they call physical risks and what they call transition risks. So okay. physical risks are 
those things that literally physically can affect a company's operations because of climate change. So you might be looking at storm events, mm -hmm. flooding, extreme heat, etc. So an organization would have to look at, you know, how is that potential climate change going to affect their operations from a physical standpoint? Will there uh, will their raw materials be as available? Will there be will there be water shortages, etc. Mm -hmm. So those physical risks are are one aspect to be examined, and then the other would be trans what they call transition risks. Okay, and those are the risks that an organization, you know, that they may face if they don't effectively transition to a lower carbon plan. So, you know, will they be looking at organizational inefficiency? Will they be looking at the inability to, to get raw materials, et cetera? So, you know, we, organizations are going to have to move quickly to truly put in these, these granular and effective plans for climate change. And so, you know, you're running those risks if you don't transition to a low carbon plan fairly quickly. So those, both of those kinds of risks are what organizations are going to have to start getting their arms around. Okay, got it. And when are the climate risk disclosures required? Those are part of that SEC FY23? regulation. Yes, okay. yes, exactly. So, you know, they, they, along with getting, you know, figuring out what your greenhouse gas emissions are, mm -hmm. being able to kind of, again, put some meat on those bones on your plans for low carbon transition and for, you know, for your, your strategies in addressing climate change and such, mm -hmm. make sure that those are going to stand some scrutiny because if these, if, if that SEC regulation comes through and stays in the, more or less its current form, people are going to be able to look at it and they're going to be able to give you a thumbs up or a thumbs down. Makes sense. And do you have any advice for maybe our practitioners that are listening into this about what they can be doing today to help prepare their clients, their businesses meet these requirements? Certainly. I think first is getting in with leadership. Okay. You know, whatever your leadership looks like, whether it's a board of directors, whether it's your C-suite, uh, mm -hmm. whether it's a combination of both, you know, assess your leadership and mm -hmm. see what their viewpoint is and see what their education level is. Because leadership is going to, at the end of the day, effective ESG programs are led by leadership and leadership really has to lean in. No doubt. And so your board, your management have to be educated and they have to be active on these issues. So I think that's first. Otherwise, you know, otherwise you're, you're, you're stuck at the starting line. Yeah. Um, and then otherwise, just getting you know, just getting familiar with the concept of climate risk, mm -hmm. um, and getting ready to you know formulate some of those internal strategies, and really again like making sure that there that there's some uh, some rigor to them, mm -hmm. and there's some heft to them. They're not just you know words on a page. Those things that are actually going to be actionable. Because again, you're going number one, the organization is going to be expected to do those things. You know, it's going to be truth in advertising, and mm -hmm. two, your stakeholders are going to be examining those very very closely. So mm -hmm. you know, make sure you know start start making those internal examinations now yeah yeah okay so what kind of um, preparation activities do you think that companies and businesses need to know if they are starting to create an ESG program right now certainly I think the first thing is number one know what you know your stakeholders you know why are you putting together an ESG program like I said earlier the drivers are all a little bit different mm -hmm. regulatory demographic etc so everybody's program is going to look different um, because of your stakeholder demands and then as well as you know whatever your industry is mm -hmm. so start I think the first step is really kind of understanding what your stakeholders mm -hmm. need and what they're looking for um, and what are the things that are material to your organization um, because every organization you know nobody's going to have the same things that are going to be important to them if you are manufacturing food your drivers and your material aspects under ESG are going to be different than if you're say a professional services company like a CPA firm so understanding what those aspects are that are going to affect your organization 
you know, working on those and starting to clean, making sure that you've got, you know, data rigor mm -hmm. that's getting put in place. Mm -hmm. And again, starting up with that kind of that strategy discussion and making sure that, you know, it, it, strategy can feel fairly, fairly formless sometimes, but you really need to make sure your organization is, is getting prepped for these disclosures and then also how those strategies are going to be enacted on the ground as part of the operation. Preparation is the key to everything, isn't it? Absolutely. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna put you on the spot, Dave. You're our you're our resident expert here. You're looking into your crystal ball and buying your lottery tickets, I'm sure. Mm -hmm. um, but what could you tell us? What do you think is gonna happen in the future relative to ESG regulations? What are we looking at maybe in the short term and then long term? So short term, it's definitely going to be the impact is going to be mostly on publicly traded companies because okay. the SEC has the has the easiest route to regulatory change. Sure, but like I said earlier, we're seeing a whole of government uh, approach to this. Mm -hmm. The Office of the Comptroller of the Currency, the FSOC, even Health and Human Services are all enacting different guidelines and and movements on ESG and on climate risk. So I think what we're going to see is you know more aspects of the federal government are going to get involved mm -hmm. in disclosing and managing climate risk. So even outside of kind of the financial realm, we're going to see a lot more kind of, I think, regulatory, you know, we're going to see expansion, we're going to see more regulations be enacted in areas that we probably wouldn't necessarily think of. In addition to climate risk, I think we'll also see some disclosures being required, some additional required disclosures around things like the social and the governance aspect as well. Um, because if climate risk is climate risk is the most uh, is the largest risk right now, it's the most impending. But from a management standpoint, I think regulators are going to want to see that same kind of rigor around social and governance as well. So we may we may see things like you know enforced DEI mm -hmm. disclosures mm -hmm. uh, and on governance disclosures, board activities, compensation, et cetera, even more so than what's happening right now. Interesting, interesting. And again, preparation is key. So if we know that these things may be coming down the line, start to prepare now as the, best the, you can. The, the best time was two years ago. The second best time is today. So yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I love that phrase. I'm going to steal that, Dave. Fantastic. Um, okay, before we wrap up today, any other last words of wisdom or pieces of advice that you could offer our members and our practitioners across the state? Yeah, I think that, um, I, first of all, like, again, I really appreciate the opportunity to speak to everybody today. I really feel like, you know, CPAs and, and financial professionals are in a really great spot right now mm -hmm. because, you know, that, um, that trust that an organization places in you is really going to put you in good stead, you know, helping implement and helping run ESG programs mm -hmm. going forward. I think that, um, you know, CPAs and, and financial folks are used to working cross-functionally throughout an organization. Mm -hmm. So I think you're going to be a very good touch point for these cross-functional teams that are going to be required to actually get things done. So I would say, you know, my, you know, you start, you know, start understanding your your organizations. You know, right now I think what we see is a lot of internal professionals don't really understand what their organization is doing around ESG and sustainability. So I think start getting educated on that. Start understanding what your firm, you know, what your organization is doing. Start seeing what's important and start benchmarking. Start taking a look at some of your peers out there and take a look at some of the, the notable peers who are really doing good work at that uh, in, in that space, in the ESG space, and kind of keep that mentally bookmarked because those are things that you can do yourself. So start getting that, you know, start doing a little bit of research and get yourself ready because, you know, these things are coming very, very quickly and you're going to have to get to speed up, get to up speed fast. Most definitely. And certainly we'll do our part, members, uh, to help you navigate this 
somewhat new world in some ways, somewhat not new, um, through additional resources and information and hopefully more conversations with you, Dave. Thank you again so much for being here today and for coming all the way to Florida. And uh, we're looking forward to hopefully many more great chats to come. Absolutely thrilled to be here. Thank you so much. Well, members, we will see you next time on the next episode of CEO Conversations. See you soon.